0: all right everybody welcome back to another episode of sky high sports and entertainment and today we have kai grady who i met at usc kai was an arts culture and entertainment editor i was an arts culture and entertainment reporter and kai now works with the ringer producing some of the best podcasts out there worked at the la times as well kai we're happy to have you on today how are you doing, man? And how is it producing some of the best podcasts out there with Bill Simmons, Kevin O'Connor, and more at The Ringer?
1: First of all, you're you're very well known for your wonderful intro. So uh it was it was amazing. Thank you very much. Good to see you, Skylar. Um, it's been great, dude. I've had a lot of fun opportunities working on pods on like the Ringer NBA show and prestige TV feed and NFL draft show fantasy show. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm really enjoying it so far.
0: That's amazing, man. Yeah, absolutely. Working on the Prestige TV podcast, one of the best out there, uh, the NBA show, and then the NFL show too. Obviously, some big news with uh, Lamar Jackson requesting a trade, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. But for today, we're going to talk a lot of NBA over NFL. Let's I know you have a passion in sports, and you love both sports and entertainment, just like me. But for today, let's get into it. Kai, you are a huge Lakers fan. I know that. I and so the first thing I actually want to ask you about is Kobe Bean Bryant, because I know he was your favorite player growing up. That was the main reason we connected. What's yep. your favorite Kobe memory of all time?
1: Great question. Big, big, big fan, big Kobe fan. Uh, the reason why I'm, I'm a Lakers fan, you know, I watched him play in, in 07 and was just enamored with the way he played basketball. Like I had been watching the Mavs cause I'm from Arlington, Texas. And I was like, you know, grew up kind of being a Mavs fan and watched him play and was just like, just blown away. So I watched him for years. And then over time, as I was a fan of him, I just became a fan of the team and a very natural progression into becoming a Lakers fan, even though I'm not from Los Angeles or anywhere close. Um, anyway, your question, favorite Kobe memory, you know, there's so many was going to go with an easy one of like, you know, his, his final, final game where he had 60, um, the Achilles game where he came back and shot those free throws. But I'm going to go with a personal one just because it's fun. Um, I can't remember what year it was. Or no, no, sorry. I can remember what year it was. It was his final year because I was like, I have to go see Kobe one last time. And I had missed the time when he came to Dallas because I normally would go to like one game a year. And me and my parents or my family flew to New Orleans and caught him for, again, I don't remember the exact game, but – Kobe had 27 that night. And it was like, this was the moment where Kobe wouldn't really, like, you didn't know if he was going to play back to backs. He was super, like, his body was breaking down in front of us. He was very injury riddled at the time. And, like, just the fact that he played, the fact that he played so hard, scored 27 and, and like, made some big shots down the stretch to win the Lakers that game. Like, I'll never forget that. It was, it was a beautiful moment.
0: That's awesome, man. That's uh, that's definitely a really great memory right there for sure. Gotta love the Black Mamba, my old podcast, Mamba Moments. That's all I talked about here. I always try to bring up Kobe because he inspired my love of basketball. Also won an Oscar on the entertainment topic. Unbelievable. Uh, Un- so-
1: unreal, dude. Absolutely unreal.
0: Basketball player <laughs> and, and Kobe Bryant, who just believed in accomplishing the impossible on a daily basis. Unbelievable stuff. So let's get into some current Los Angeles Lakers. They are looking pretty good overall right now, a lot better than the trade deadline. LeBron came back earlier than a lot of people expected after allegedly going to the LeBron James foot doctor, who might be the third best foot doctor ever (laughs) depending on what you believe a pretty funny quote by LeBron for sure. But overall, man, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, full circle back on the Lakers. What do you think overall of the new look Lakers? How they've been and their chances this year?
1: Man, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing, Skyler. I'm I'm all all I'm all in on the uh, the Lakers narcotic at the moment. Like I I'm very much I don't know watching the Lakers being a Lakers fan. I kind of liken it to like a toxic relationship of like it's up, so many ups and downs, so many roller coasters throughout the seasons. Like at one moment you're like, oh, so this season's done. We're not make the playoffs again you know, around that, like right before the trade deadline hit, you know, even when we started, I believe we started the season two and 10, like, it's just, there's moments that the lows are so low, but as soon as they start to click, you're back in, at least for me. And, uh, I, I really like how the team's clicking. And I think the biggest thing is health. I think that that's the biggest X factor for, for the Lakers. You have the game that they just played in Chicago coming off the loss against the bulls at home. And you have D'Lo back, you have LeBron James back, like you said. You have AD, 38 and 10. Ooh. And and you see this lineup and what it can really be for the first time all season in its entirety. And it's just like, I if I was a Nuggets fan, if I was a Sacramento Kings fan, I would not want to see the Lakers first round. I just wouldn't. Like, it's that simple. Um, Now, do I think they're actually going to, you know, make a run to the finals or the Western Conference finals? I don't know. I think, again... A lot of his on health, a lot of his is on health, excuse me, and, um, you know, how far AD can take us. But I really like the addition of of D'Lo, Malik, Vando's playing incredible. Austin Reeves has just been through the roof. Like he's taking a jump. Uh, he's Austin gonna, he's gonna. gonna...
0: I saw Dude, him he's, as a game winner at summer league, and he's been balling uh, really <clears> since he start stepped foot at NBA summer league and in the NBA.
1: Quick little uh, side tangent about Austin Reeves, which is fun. I went to TCU for my undergrad uh, in Fort Worth, and you know, years ago, I went to a game just watch TCU basketball, and there's this like shaggy haired white kid who's playing for OU, and 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 I'm like starting, and you know, he's he's scoring some points early, and I'm like, okay, who's this? And the by the end of the game. He This was at TCU, dropped 40, hit the game-winning three or whatever, none other than Austin Reeves. And I hated him in that moment against TCU. And now, like as soon as the Lakers drafted him, I was like, oh, yeah, this kid's cold. I knew it. I was like, yeah, he's going to be great. So it's good to see him flourish, man. We got a big game tomorrow. We're recording this as of Thursday, uh, Friday against Timberwolves. So I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see what happens with this team. I'm trying to keep my expectations in check. It's not working, but. I, I, to answer your question in short, I think this team has been a lot better since the trade deadline, and, and they're playing a lot a lot more fluid and a lot more um, confident, too.
0: I agree with you, and it is a wide-open Western Conference, and they are playing a lot better, and you don't want to see them in the playoffs. That being said, though, I think just making that trade mid-year, I mean, this is the year where any team could win it with how wide-open it is, but it's tough to see the Lakers really standing firm in the playoffs over all the other teams and all the great players out there Uh, one team there's a lot of doubts with to actually go all the way to win a championship is is the nuggets for sure but they have Nikola Jokic who is one of the MVP favorites you got Embiid in a very close battle and then of course Giannis I'm curious to hear from you Kai what is your take on the MVP. And especially if you've heard any interesting insights on uh, your NBA show as well.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, real quick uh, aside about the Lakers fandom. I, I want you and, and all your listeners to understand that being a Lakers fan, the number one thing, the number one thing when you when you apply is delusion, right? So you just have to be delusional. So my takes keep that in mind. I'm a delusional Lakers fan. Um, in terms of the MVP pick, it's it's so close. I um, I know that the MVP is not a – it shouldn't be a narrative-based award, but I think that it is in a lot of respects. I think that's why you don't see players like LeBron win every year when there's an argument for it, you know, or even, you know, you have Jokic winning those last two years, but now, especially at the tail end of the season, the narrative has shifted, right? It's been very much like, is Jokic going to win his third in a row? Like, is that – like, what does that say about the league? What does that say about the West – what does that say about where we're at? My pick and who I honestly think is going to win is is Joel. I think the Sixers team is finally clicking on a level that they've been very inconsistent in years past. And like even when they first added Harden, there were some growing pains. But I think they're playing incredibly well. They're a few games back from from the Bucks, I believe, in in the one seed. So I think it's going to go to Joel, but I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be really close. I it could really go to all three of them. I think these last. However many games, two weeks or whatever it is in the season, I think are going to be huge. I really do. I don't think the decision has been made. I think it's still very much up in the air.
0: I agree with you. And I, I think that's sort of the whole the whole problem with the MVP uh, is if Nikola Jokic wins three, who is incredible, who deserved the last two based on what the award voting criteria is for with advanced statistics, but Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kevin Durant have one MVP. And if Nikola Jokic has three, it's really going to change how people look at the award. I think I both agree. are very aware of that. And so I do think narratively, they will go with Joel Embiid, with Giannis having two, Jokic having two, and Embiid having uh, none at this point. But I think that it brings up the bigger question of, of what does the MVP award mean and how should it be valued? I think we're at a point where they might need to have criteria that players mm and statistics or whatever that players hit and whoever leads in the most of these categories or situations and weigh those criteria wins the MVP. Because if Jokic does win three, he's an amazing player, but I think we can all, we can, and, and he might even deserve it this season. Right. Embiid's only played uh he's missed 14 games up to this point. He missed their matchup, but I still think it'll be MB, you know, leading the league and scoring as a big twice when no yeah. one's in Shaq. But I think that uh, yeah, it's, it, it would be really interesting to see if he wins it three times, and uh, the future of the award is is very interesting and uh, and very murky. So yeah, I
1: yeah no, I did. You bring up a lot of really good points. I want to mention one other thing. I I also think Embiid winning would just be really good for the league. Like Absolutely. not that Jokic winning would be bad, but I think it would be different. I think Embiid winning just kind of like. Obviously, Giannis is a big. Obviously, Jokic is a big. Jokic is different though. He plays like his his vision and and the way he can handle the ball and
0: like yeah, it it's kind great. of be a floor
1: general. It's it's incredible. It's I unreal. The
0: big the average a triple double. It's ridiculous. It's
1: it's yeah. It's historic. But the way that Joel plays, like this huge big man center, like back to the Shack, kind of like. You know, just that dominant big man that you have, which has kind of been gone in the in in the league for,
0: for yeah. a few years, you know. And like, he can
1: hit shots mid-range and three pointers. Exactly. It's like even in the mold of like a Dwight Howard ten yeah. or so years ago, twelve He's years. a modern day
0: White and Shaq in many ways. And
1: I just I I I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this would happen, but I feel like him winning might send a signal to the rest of the NBA, to prospects, to things changing, like maybe coming back to this, you know. Big, like focusing an offense around a big man, and I, I think that would just be really cool. Um, I agree.
0: Yeah, I, I think that. I think that narratively, even Jokic being again, you know, first big man ever to average a triple double, I do think that the league giving it to someone who is leading the league in scoring. And uh, second year in a row as a big man could be really, really good for the league. Something else that is really good for the league is that the league has the most parity since the 1970s right now. We're seeing, you know, call the Warriors a dynasty, but it's been four years. We've seen the Lakers win this decade. We've seen the Milwaukee Bucks win this decade. We've seen the Warriors win last year with a whole different roster compared to the last time they won, other than Steph play and Dre, of course. And now we have a wide open league and it is anyone's game for the championship. Um, I I personally think the Phoenix suns with Kevin Durant on them are Mm. very dangerous. I've said that, but Kai, I'm really curious to hear, man, what are your thoughts on the NBA championship and who could win in such a wide open year?
1: Ooh, that is a question. Um, I really, really do believe we'll start in the East cause the West is so wide open that I really, you could just take your pick at the top. In my opinion, the East, I still can't, I can't, um, go against the bucks. I think they're too deep. I think Giannis is too incredible. Like there's, there's, there's a there's a handful of players that are unguardable, but he is truly the definition of unguardable. Yeah. Um. There's nothing you can do. Then you have Drew Holiday. The way that he's been playing, he just had fi- a fifty piece the other night. Like that's insane. And the his defense on the other end is incredible. Obviously, Brook Lopez and his late career resurgence. I, I I my pick is the Bucks. Honestly, my pick to win it all is the Bucks. But. Definitely to come out of the East. I like what the Sixers have been doing. I just think it's too much. Uh, you know, I think I think the Bucks are too powerful. The Celtics, I have to mention, even though I don't like them. Uh, they've been playing incredible for lots of stretches during the season. Um, I don't think they have it to make the full run, but they'll definitely make a deep one. Um, okay. West is so tough. I was really out on the Grizzlies. And then Jaw came back, and also while Jaw was gone, they've been playing just out of their mind. And so I think they'll make a run, but I think I have to go Suns. I, I I think it's the easy, it's the easy choice, and it's like Absolutely. the obvious choice. But I I will I'll 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 cover myself a little bit on this by putting the caveat on if they're healthy, like. I just don't know as this team starts to find themselves a little bit more as they get some more minutes under their belt and some chemistry. Like, how do you beat Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and then you have DeAndre Ayton just there? Like, I I don't know how that's, you know, and and I could be wrong. You know, we've seen super teams in the past not work out. The Lakers with Dwight Howard and Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant, Um, you know, even the Heat in their first year, they went very far, but they didn't win. Time will tell but i think if i gunned to my head i had to choose right now i think i would go suns bucks in, in the finals
0: i'm thinking it's also going to be a rematch that's my pick too the bucks are too good as a two way team and then in a wide open west i think kevin durant has proven himself yeah. uh, to be a player where no one can really fit in better than him with any team at the warriors can i
1: can I throw something back at you, Skylar? I know this is Sky High Sports Entertainment, but can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, I'm still still got a little journalism in me. Uh, okay, give me your thoughts on um on the Warriors. Like cuz they they're kind of the team that I can't really understand what to do with. They're incredible at home, they're horrible away. Um and they still have the their roster from from last year they're defending champs so what are your thoughts
0: no that's a great that's a great question It's fun to be uh interviewed on my pod a bit as well uh, um so i think that with the warriors the the away record is very glaring to the point where if it's a three six matchup between them and the kings the kings aren't winning the championship i think they could play spoiler first round to the golden mm. state I also think the Golden State Warriors are the biggest wild card because they have the two greatest shooters in NBA history, arguably, and the greatest shooter with Steph Curry and then Clay Thompson. And so I think that I don't think this is a championship year. I think their road woes are tough to come. I think they're either we're going to know right away with them. We're going to know right away with the Warriors if they are special playoff dangerous Warriors uh miami heat by the way another dark horse team that can make noise in the playoffs who even if they suck in the regular season but that's sure. more I view the warriors this year as like a dark horse even though they just won the championship that road record is very uh concerning so i think that we could see a big upset early for the warriors unfortunately yeah or yeah no, know everyone
1: Great take, man. I just, I really wanted to know what you, your thoughts on them were because I think they're such a wild card. Like you said, I think they're a mystery box, Um, but yeah, Yeah. it's going to be, I can't wait for the playoffs. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: No, no doubt, man. I wanted to ask you before we move on to the entertainment portion, which is Mm -hmm. great to be able to do uh, with a guest because it's usually one topic or the other. Um, So I wanted to ask any other insights. We've talked about the championship race. We've talked about the MVP race. Um, We've talked about the Lakers. Any other really interesting insights uh, that you have gotten from your time on the NBA show? Honestly,
1: uh, it's just good to hear. Like I don't have any specific ones, but I would say it's just, it's just really enriching to be on, you know, some shows with people that just know so much. Like I work with um, on real ones primarily, I've done some other Ringer NBA show stuff, but real ones with Logan Murdoch and, and Raja Bell. And they're they're both just so great. They're just really like it's really easy to listen to, and also you learn something, uh, pretty much every episode. So it's like, I I don't have any specifics for you, but just hearing them go back and forth, I feel like I learn a lot about the league, a lot about the players, um, and yeah, like Logan just just profiled Jalen Brown, which you know did a lot of, uh, made a lot of noise on on the internet, and and obviously had had some people talking and started the discourse around jalen brown and his you know uh his his um what's the word just having like the rest of his time with the celtics so yeah i don't know it's it's just been a lot of fun i feel like i'm getting to learn so much and like from people that are just so much more experienced and knowledgeable about the space than i am or probably ever could be so it's just like yeah it's really it's been
0: really satisfying Absolutely, man. No, that's great for sure. It's very cool to hear about uh, your experiences producing podcasts, of course, and one that you are currently producing. And I know Bill Simmons is actually on the uh, latest iteration, owner Mm. of the. of course, and legendary journalist in his own right uh, is the prestige TV podcast, man, which I absolutely love. And you also did it for the last of us. We will talk about that in a bit because you wrote a really great article on the last of us too. But first thing, because you're producing the succession prestige podcast Mm -hmm. want to talk about, um, what your thoughts on episode one of succession were because yeah. man, that is an epic episode. I haven't gotten to talk about it much yet here and man, it could go down as one of the best ever really.
1: Yeah. The show's incredible. It just hits at a different level than other shows. Like when it's on TV and you're back in, with the Roy's and you're back with Logan and the kids and you're just like, man, the in the writing is so excellent and so sharp. Yeah. Um, I love the premiere, man. I, I think they didn't waste any time. And there were some moments between Logan and his kids, obviously, like with with the PGN acquisition and kind of like, you know, taking that from him, taking that out from under him. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the premiere, though. And I think the show is just it's incredible. The acting, the filmmaking and especially the writing is just all at such high levels that it, I don't know. It's it's hard to compare to anything and I'm I'm excited for this like I love a show that knows when to end and and knows how to wrap up the story. It has an ending in sight, but I am very sad that this is the last season. Like I'm I'm going to miss it a lot. It's it's incredible.
0: No, I totally agree, man. I thought it was an incredible premiere, especially to, you know, see Logan uh sort of looking all sad, you know, and get a little bit of his his first taste, taste of defeat, which means that at some point in the season He's gonna go nuts and take down everyone, but I still don't think yep. that means that that's how the show uh, will end for sure. Obviously, the scene with Tom and Shiv was just just heartbreaking and haunting. Yeah. And when you think about season one and their marriage and Caroline, their mother sort of joking, you know how long will the marriage last and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that you know very grimly yeah. he knows yeah. how his family works. And uh, the fact that Shiv didn't even want to talk about what went wrong in their marriage. she's like, nah, can we just like, I, I would rather fight in court than have to like express my feelings. That
1: scene was incredible. I really like that final scene between Shiv and Tom because it's like, not only have you been waiting for a moment like that for, you know, a lot of season three, but even the time, like the, the writers know this, the show's been off the air for a while. So it just, you can kind of feel like, even though it hasn't been that much time in the show, obviously it hasn't been a year and a half, but like, you can kind of feel still the time that's, 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 um, eclipsed since, since they've last been, um, you know, in, in even the same room, you know, you can feel that, I think.
0: Definitely. And, and seeing the Roy's, uh, working together and how Rex right, Kendall Shiv and Roman was, was absolutely unbelievable. It's just a great show. And before, before we kind of move on a little bit from, I do want to ask, really yeah. quickly I have a bit of a theory here a little bit that, or I guess a bit of a take that it could really go down, you know with The Wire, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, maybe even top three, maybe even surpass one of those. Wow. Do you think it's at that level if they end the last season right? Especially considering HBO just botched uh, Game of Thrones, their last major show. They botched the ending and this one is taking the lessons and and right away uh, ending on the highest of highs, which is what a lot of the reviews say about it as well.
1: Yep. No, I I definitely think it could be there, man. I um, think it already is in that in that discussion. I think you know you you already mentioned some. For me, in that in that like you know that top tier upper echelon TV show, you have The Wire, you have Mad Men, you have um, the Sopranos, and for me, I really like uh, Mr. Robot is incredible. Um, the Leftovers, but yeah, it's right there. It's it's right there. And it, as far as I'm concerned, three perfect seasons. There's not yeah. there's not a single thing wrong with those first three seasons. And I think I have the confidence that they'll nail that they'll, they'll land the plane and, and nail this final season. But, man, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great talking point, a great point of discourse, because right now I'm like, yeah, if you if you have four perfect seasons at the level that Succession has, it's yeah, it's hard to beat. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if it would better call Saul. Let me name drop that. So it it's already in my it's probably already in my top 10 some atlanta i'm sorry i just had to name drop it um yeah it's probably my top 10 already and i think you know ending with a bang and ending on the right note in terms of like quality and in terms of thoughtfulness not necessarily like what the decision is that they make i think is going to be huge i think the ending for this show more than a lot is going to determine like how people remember it and like where it lands on people's lists um at least
0: for me Definitely no, I I really do think that on the list it could make its way into the top three. Before we move on from succession, any other insights into the the podcast that uh, you're currently producing, and and what's that yeah. like, or what you've heard from Bill? Interesting takes, what to look forward to this season on it.
1: Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun, man, so far. But yeah, I I, I like working with with Bill so far. He's been wonderful, nothing but wonderful to me. Joanna Robinson's amazing. Sean Fennessy's fantastic. So like, they're they're just an incredible group to work with. And I think very similarly to like some of these other shows, it's just so nice to, to like kind of be a fly on the wall and just soak up some of their knowledge and, and their insights and their experience, man. And so, yeah, it's just look forward to great recaps, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of fun and definitely a lot of um thoughtfulness going into those. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited and, you know, shout out to, to them and everyone that I work with on the prestige TV podcast. When, when I have the, the fortunate blessing to work on it and all that good stuff. Very grateful.
0: Definitely. No, it's a, it's a great podcast with so much coming out there. And I was excited to see that you were working on that. Uh, because you just worked on the prestige TV podcast for the last of us and wrote an article uh, yourself. And so the article you wrote, obviously the last of us was incredible. Uh, we could spend probably two hours talking with it. So I'll ask if another you... time.
1: I would love to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that your article was on and I haven't even played the game, but I mm-hmm. deeply resonated with the article knowing that Joel and Ellie are the main and playable characters and mm-hmm. so with that, you wrote an article on the NPCs, the non-playable characters were obviously, you know, Henry, Sam, uh, Kathleen and the bandits and, uh, oh, oh my God, with Bill and Frank played by mm-hmm. Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman, Nick Offerman from and Rec. unbelievable stories and backstories. So I was curious to hear a bit about, you know, what went into that article of sort of the, the characters that were not the main characters. Cause I, I thought the last of us might've had, richer characters and backstories that were not the main characters yeah seen on a television show
1: yeah and it's a great take man and I, it's a great question uh, first of all i appreciate your reading and and all that it means a lot to me um yeah,
0: highly recommend it great article
1: um but yeah i think the show going into it as someone who is such a passionate fan I uh, the Joel and Ellie Ellie story is there like their relationship is there y- and the main linear story is there like it's not something that you need to really go in and make these huge changes to honestly you you shouldn't at least that's how I looked at it going into it because it's just so iconic and it's so um, it's so great um, that said there's a lot of places in the game which I assume this is how the creative process goes although I don't know I'm assuming Um that could have been, like, that are used for, like, gameplay, right? Or used for moments of, like, big action set pieces in the game. But it's, like, very briefly, because it's a shorter game, very briefly, do you stay in these worlds? Do you really get to inhabit, like, the characters that are are the hunters or the characters that are Bill and Frank? Like, you get them in glimpses. You get them in, like, passing by in the game, but you don't get to sit there and live with it like you would in a TV show because you have more time and you have more, like, Um, you have more space to play. Um, So yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Just, they probably looked at the game and were like, Hey, Joel and Ellie, we need to nail these actors. Pedro Pascal and Billy Ramsey are absolutely through the roof and incredible, insane, fantastic, brilliant, whatever word you want to use. Um, And then they were like, where can we build on this without drastically changing the show? And I think you do that with Bill and Frank, you do that with Henry and Sam, you do that with, with Kathleen. Um, and yeah, it was just, man, I I, I can't, I, I was so excited to watch the show and I, I couldn't believe that they were pulling it off in the way that like, you know, my my, thir- 14 year old self would have just been losing it because I believe the first game came out in 2013. So I would have been 14 years old and man, I, I loved it. And I think what they did with the NPCs is what, put the show into that next level for me because like yes i'd love to see the last of us up on tv the same story nothing changed but i also wanted something new i wanted like how can we change this how can how can we move this forward how can this be a conversation piece with the game something that can stand alone but also kind of go back and forth if that makes sense and so yeah man i just loved it just absolutely love the show, and I don't know if I answered your question. I just love to talk about it.
0: <laughs> so. No, totally, man, for sure. I mean, I mean, yeah the the NPC stuff, and I mean, I guess people who didn't play the game, like the background characters, yeah. are absolutely amazing. Um, I'm definitely gonna play uh, part one now and not spoil because I I don't know what happens in the rest of the game yet.
1: Be very, be very careful on the internet. Be very, be-
0: yeah, very yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Because I was gonna say, I guess like. Obviously, that was an amazing, amazing season finale. a Heartbreaking decision by Joel. Really seeing how sort of hurt and broken and hardened he is from losing his daughter and the life he's had, and yeah. not telling an Ellie everything. Um, so, I wanted to know what you thought of the season finale and Joel's decision. Yeah. And sort of without spoiling, like where <laughs> where, where we kind of go. What, yeah. Like what emotions or can we expect? You know. Sure. that better- Going around. Um,
1: all great questions. Uh, let's start with what I thought of the finale. Uh, and really thoroughly enjoyed it. I think you you might have seen there was some blowback, a little bit of pushback from people who watched the finale and kind of thought it was anticlimactic, a little rushed. And oh, you know, I, I I'm very biased. Um, I've made that very clear in terms of like what the story means to me and how much I th- how important I think it is. I really do think like. The video game, the story, the original one is like one of the greatest pieces of art ever made, storytelling ever made. But I think for the finale, it needed to feel a little bit like, OK, that's it. Like because that's how when you play the game, that's how the ending feels. It felt very much. It, very, it was very ambiguous, first of all, um, the game. And it was very much like, oh, that's it. Like what happened? Like oh my gosh! Like he he just went through all this, and they went all through. They went through all this together, and then it just ends. And he's lying to her, and and does she know? Like there's just so many questions, so much gray area there. That's just I think so rich and so important, and so just moving in so many ways because you see Joel, and also everything I say also applies to the finale. Like you see Joel, and how at the beginning of that episode he's a completely changed man. Like he's joking around, he's smiling, he's like, you know, asking Ellie how she's doing. And you understand that he hasn't been like that for decades. And so when that, when the chance for that, like he feels that happiness, he feels fulfilled again, when that's at risk, he's going to do anything. He's going to take out the entire hospital. Like he's going to do what he needs to do, whether or not the viewer or the audience enjoys that or agrees with it. It's like, you at least understand, like, you know, his motivation. Um, And it just is incredibly moving. I think there was Pedro Pascal played a much more vulnerable version. I've been saying of Joel than what we get in the games. And again, I think that's a wonderful uh, reason for the show to exist. Like it's different from the games. It's, it's based on them. Obviously it's adapted from them, but the characters are, are are different in this world and as they should be because it's a different medium. So I really liked the finale, man. I think the arcs of Pedro Pascal and, and Bella Ramsey were just really well written and really well performed. And so to come back around and answer your question about part two. Um, no, 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 that was
0: good. That was good, though, for sure. And I'm happy yeah. you touched on Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal because yeah. their their performances were legendary. But yes, I would love to hear uh, what what level yeah. viewers can kind of expect for Part
1: So, trust me, there will be no spoilers here. I'm very anti spoiler, so you can expect a much darker tone, a much a much more violent story. Honestly, um, and it's going to be very divisive. I, I think this first season was, was pretty much lauded by everyone. Like this was anyone who watched the show was like, this is amazing. I love this. This is, you know, uh, you know, aside from people not fully loving the finale, the majority of the response was positive. And I, although I do think part two will be positive, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Um, I think a lot of people will be thrown off by what happens and, and also have very strong opinions. That said, I, Part two is incredible. The game, like it came out in 2020. Okay. So it was like seven years removed from the original. And when I played it, obviously like the last was part one at that point was a certified classic. Something that I never thought could be touched was like, of course I'm going to play part two, but I don't think it's going to come close. And it it was right there. Like it's literally one, a one B for me. And for a sequel to even be in the conversation, like that speaks to how good it is. In my opinion, I think it's much more explosive. And this is this is the bottom line for me. The Last of Us Season One is already like one of the best first seasons of television, I think. And one of the best, um, obviously one of the best shows of the year. Yeah. I think if they nail part two, the story of part two, I'm I'm talking about, and it'll probably be over the course of a couple more seasons. If they nail part two, it's it's gonna be one of the greatest shows of all time. Like the high it's a high risk, high reward. Because part one is, is nice and clean and tidy in a lot of respects, whereas part two is just, man, it's it's a ride. And I think if they nail it, it's it's going to be insane. It's going to be, like I said, one of the best TV shows like in its entirety ever, no question. Um, but part two is difficult. It's going to be very difficult for them to adapt, I think. So we'll see. I'm very excited, though.
0: No, that that's great to hear, man. I think you that was a really good take and got me excited without spoiling anything. Uh, I, I can't wait. And I think that I think you're right about how good of a show it is. I thought it had I thought Breaking Bad had the greatest pilot of all time. I think the mm-hmm. last of us surpassed it. I think that that pilot hitting wow. the fear and paranoia of the pandemic yeah. we went through uh, was absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So Man, it's, uh, the time has really flown here because I had more to talk about. So we're going to have to have you back on again sometime. Anytime,
1: that, man, whenever you uh, want.
0: Before, you get, before we get out of here and wrap things up though, and thank you again for, man, sharing all your insights and on The Last of Us and having covered that with some of the best and written the articles. I would like to ask you something I ask every guest, which is what is the most important lesson that you would say that you have learned in your life and or career so far?
1: Wow, that's a big one. Honestly, just wherever you go, be inquisitive. Like for me, I think one of the things that helped me the most was even if it was difficult to put myself out there, like, you know, finding someone that's done this before, whether it was at USC or TCU, like a professor or or even a classmate, someone who's just done more than me or experienced more than me or has been there before or even experienced something different and just being like, Hey, can I talk to you about this for 30 minutes for 20 minutes? Just like picking different people's brains about things is, is, is always been super helpful for me. I think you, like you can learn so much from other people. Um, and just like, I don't know, be passionate about whatever it is you're doing. I think that's the core because it's like, in my, in my opinion, I think if you're not passionate about whatever it is, it's just going to be so much harder to do. It's going to be so much harder to, you know, find your version of success. Um, but yeah, I would say be inquisitive and be passionate. That's what I've learned.
0: That's amazing, man. I always love to ask that question because I think, I think if you ask a five-year-old that question, you're going to get an amazing answer. I think, uh, it's really because right. It's, it's the sum of someone's life experience. And, uh, I think that that's really great insight and from really cool experiences you've had, man. So, anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here?
1: Oh, just thanks a ton, Skylar. I really, really, really had a lot of fun, and uh, your podcast is awesome. Keep doing it, man. This has been this has been a blast, and yeah, I hope I hope I get the invite back someday. This has been this has been great.
0: Thanks, man. Definitely, no, it was a blast, and uh, again, first time I got to have a guest on where we really delved into both sports and entertainment. So, I'm, I'm honored. honored. And uh, I knew that you would be a good one because lots of people, right? Sort of the point of this podcast is that mm-hmm. so many people um, don't give a chance to both. They think you have to be in one box or the other, or there's too many differences. Whereas it's all seasons, characters, character development, who's your favorite character, sometimes different tribes teams, teams, um, underdog stories, inspiration, 100%. motivation. It's there's so many similarities and it's great to get to share those with someone like you. So thank you very much for uh, coming on Sky High Sports and Entertainment. Everyone listening, please remember to download and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you next time.